You're listening to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's one of my favorites. I am such, like, Texas should know, listeners should know. Jay Foreman and I communicate basically through through Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> like, just sending each other nonsense clips at, oh various, at various points of yeah. the day. No matter what time it is. Like, I know when Jay's sleeping and not sleeping. <laughs> you can have whatever you want except for, you better, I want my chitlin. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Take I like my this woman. Dude. I like him. You take can have my anything woman. you want. You got my car, will, everything. Uh, take my woman. Just I want me. my chitlin. Oh, my goodness. So, Jay, who was the reporter? I'm going to say his name, but, you know, it actually is a good dude. You know, I ran into him a few times. It was Lee Barfnick, man. I was surprised. See, it just sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes the knife comes from I don't proximity. think it necessarily is that. Maybe it was just kind of like I think this is the problem that Alabama and Georgia will soon face. Is when you win so much that it's a standard, and then they start to po- poke holes into when you how you win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then it starts to kind of you know I guess get watered down. And I, I always tell it tell the story. One of my best friends is Sean Bryson. Uh, another one of his former teammates, Peerless Price. We're all good friends. We're and this is when Tennessee with Phil Fulmer, and they'd went to the SEC championship in the next year, which raised the expectations. It was kind of one-off year. They started, they played well. The next year, they didn't play well. And I remember them talking about, we need to get rid of Philip Fulmer. And I remember I said, look, bro, you need to pump them brakes, not once, but twice, and three times, and then probably on the fourth time, stop it. We fired Frank Solich, and it ain't, I tell you, we will never be the same. And here's another story. I, mem- I remember calling in to 1620 in Omaha. I think Severe was on, and I think Benning, or Benning was was maybe sitting in. This is a long, long time ago. I was still playing then. And it was right when Bill Callahan got ha- uh, hired, right? So it was right towards, I think, I might have had like two or three years left. And I knew just NFL in, intel, and I remember it took so long for Nebraska to hire him. And I remember people were so mad that I called in. And I said, this is going to set Nebraska back 25 years. Because I I discovered, actually, as I got away from Nebraska, I actually discovered and really knew, and this is from my time in the pros, and talking to great coaches like Wade Phillips, Ted Cottrell, all those type of coaches, you know, mm-hmm. Dom Capers and them, have an affinity for Nebraska. And actually, when Dom, when we'd have our meeting, you know, you know, once a week, go over defensive game plan and being a captain, we'd be, you know, the, the team, what we'd have for dinner was kind of like whatever we had in our buffet. I would get to talk to them about organizations, what it means, you know, how these things run. And then you double back onto Nebraska and see where they were at at that point in time. You know what I'm saying? So, so my view of it is different. And then as you can kind of sit back and see how things are shaked out, you know, obviously I didn't want to, I'm, I hate that I was a little bit of a prophet, but, um, you know, uh, but you know, so it's it's a different perspective. But uh, but then I think when you win at the clip that we were winning at, it's a little different. Ninety seven wasn't as good as ninety five, and that also hurts as well. When you think of okay, here here's an here's an, another example of a blue blood, and and the only reason I say this is because 
I broke the commitment barrier by coming to Nebraska, and everybody else in my family went to Miami, except for my uncle, where he wanted to come to Nebraska, and he was an offensive lineman. They didn't recruit African offensive linemen then. But we're a Miami household. This is back in way back. I won't date my uncle, um, Butch. But is that when you think of Miami, right, and you think about Michael Irvin, all those national championships, Jimmy Johnson, you know what the team that everybody thinks of is when they had all those NFL players. You get what I'm saying? So the standard is is up so high. One of the you know everybody talks about the greatest teams of all time. It's either the USC team of recent with Reggie Bush and them, right? Us with '95, mm-hmm. the Miami team, and LSU now. You know with Joe Burrow and those guys, and probably one of the most recent Alabama teams. And so you know you gotta, but you just like every like of all the blue bloods, they all have some that, claim. Right. Oklahoma has a claim. Right. Texas has a claim. Right. Like but when you're thinking about the greatest, when they do the, the thing, it's usually those four or five teams. So mm-hmm. when you think of where Alabama and Georgia is right now, in particular Georgia, where they're going, and you saw in is now you're going to be judged on and whether there's offense or defense, right? So every defense is going to be compared to Georgia's defense, not this year, but last year. Is Now you're going to be like, oh, well, you're you're top five team defense. Right, you like I thought last year's Georgia team was better than this year's. Georgia I did too, but you're getting judged off of like every Miami team. Miami could say Miami gets into the college football playoffs in like five years from now, right? Which people could argue might be a harder feat, mm-hmm. right? In this, especially if they go through, especially the journey, the path they're going to have right, to take to get there. Right, say they do, right? But they say they don't win a national championship, or say they do. They're still going to talk about that team with all those NFL players because they were as loaded as they should, right? But now they're watering down a recent product. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you can run into a little trouble when we talk in reference of years ago. And that's how you can end up sometimes where we where we were at. Notre Dame went through it. When they went through all those teams. They're still all, in it. <laughs> but, they're but still – like they're, they, they are they, stuck in the mud. They, I wouldn't say they got lucky with Brian Kelly, but they did get lucky with Brian Kelly. Yeah. But before that, they were spinning their wheels and spinning their wheels. Now what Notre Dame had that – Nebraska didn't have. They always were on national TV because they, were in, they, they had their own network. We don't have that. We're a part of a, a conference and stuff. So, you know, it's just a, it's a I wouldn't say a trying time. I think I always look at it like even though you know these guys are blessed enough to be doing what they're doing, and if they love it, you're getting handsomely paid. The expectations are high, but those are probably the things like you just can't. You know what, what's the old saying? I I just heard it today. What much is given is much is expected. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. See. Look at you, yeah. prophet. Yeah. Go that on, Paul. Bi- is that from the Bible? Go on, Paul. Is that from the Bible? I, I'm not. Gonna... I mean, there's the the parable, yeah. the, right. the man with the talents. And, yeah. 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 See, because I heard it today. I was watching the. You know, it's not. I was watching Vikings, uh, Valhalla. You know, yeah, that's my deal, right? And they, you know, sometimes he say he's a young prince, and he say, "Yeah, hey, man, you know what you got to do." You, you know. To prove everybody that you king, you know you gotta gotta go ahead and chop this dude's head off because much much is given, much is expected. And he hand him this big old sword, and little dude could barely get it up, but he, <laughs> good. he got it up there and got it done. Yeah. So you know that's a probably analogy that people don't want to hear, but that's what I got. That's what I heard it today. There's, there's that's so much of college football now. And again, uh, ask Arizona, <laughs> ask the Cardinals about giving too much too soon. <laughs> their court, their coaches are, are around the NFL and college sports. 
who have given too much too soon. And I always say just kind of pump the brakes and allow things to form naturally, organically, rather than force-feeding yeah, well, people into a space that they don't fit into. Yeah, well, you know what it is. It's it's a copycat league, and once McVay hit – Rams hit, you know, pay dirt with McVay, then they was like, oh, we got to get the next McVay. Well, why don't you just get the next best Arizona Cardinals coach for you? <sighs> right? Why don't let's do that? Why don't, why don't you just do that? I mean, can we just do that? Well, that that's – I I listened to Jack Kent Cook years ago say that he could never hire from envy or jealousy. He had to hire from fit. And he kept it that simple. And people questioned him hiring Joe Gibbs after after the guys they had. And you're talking about George George Allen, Jack Pardee, you had some dudes. And then the choice for Joe Gibbs, which was kind of a huh, kind of hire at the time. And he said, I can't lust after what Dallas is doing. I can't lust after the Eagles. I have to do what's going to fit us best. Right. And this is the guy for it. And, right. you, you know, it turned out, again, he was right. It's, it's, he was absolutely right. There's no different. There's, you have to have a certain, like, John Madden is the perfect coach for the, was the perfect coach for the Raiders because he had the right mindset and he kind of came up in their system and he could deal with the owner. You, you, you know, to be the head coach of the Cowboys, you have to get off the plane and be okay with, Having a co-head coach in Jerry Jones and everybody else, you're gonna have to listen to him. Yeah, and it and it's gonna be you're gonna have it, to it, listen right? to him. And it's gonna be not just like every week; it's every day. And yeah. it might, you know, you talk. DP was talking about when the check writers would call uh, Texas school. When Jerry Jones calls, you could be, you know, in yep. your son's wedding. He calls you. He expects you to answer, yeah. and he want then he wants an answer mm-hmm. right away. So. Those are different times. I mean, I think the Sean McVay thing, I think it really worked out that he was able to see something in Jared Goff and kind of get him to the point. And they had a – at that time, they had the best running back or one of the best running backs in the league and Todd Gurley. And then they hit home run with Cooper Cup. And so he was able to do the things. And, they, of course, you had Aaron Donald. So, so for Arizona and all these other teams, unless you have these parts that this person is coming to – and you almost have like a replica of Sean McVay, you gotta you gotta hire based on what you got. It it, it seemed to be you a, should a, a, a coach that fit with what he had, and then a coach that was going to be fluid in making the changes that need to be made. And he had with to the, go with the GM, right? And he and, had to go through it and 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 finding somebody that was going to work at Bobby Beathard's level sure. oh, and yeah, pace yeah. and energy, yeah. which was unique to the space. That's always what happens, and that's why I always ask the question when people talk about making changes here in Nebraska: What are you trying to accomplish? Well, what are to, you trying to accomplish? The and, biggest thing is is it has to be a collaborative effort. And you look at the pro. If you look at the Rams, and the Patriots went through this a little bit as well because it finally popped where they were able to escape the salary cap bubble for like 18 years. It was magical how they did it, and then they went through a lean time. But you got to think, the Rams got close, and then they must have, you know, McVay and the GM must have been out there in Santa Barbara looking at yachts and said, you know what, forget them draft picks, man. We got to go get guys, and we got to just say, bump the draft picks. We got to go all in for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Let's go get OBJ. Let's get, get Von Mitt. Let's go get guys that are rentals. For essentially sell your soul for a championship. Now, what, what now we see what could happen on the other end. But if you have a plan, then you'll be okay with what comes but out. I like making the mis- that mistake. Oh no, that, the, no, that's the, what the, I, the no, mistake of no, that's eh. a, that's what I'm saying. That's good because yeah. it, because they're lock and step though. Yeah, 
they're locking step. It's not the GM wanting to do it and the coach who wants to say, hey, I want to go slow process. They're, they're, they were out there at Santa Barbara together. They were – whatever drink out there, they was like, oh, you know what? You know, yeah, you know, we could get another first. It's going to take him three years just to be okay. Let's go get this dude, Von Miller, that can actually rush the passer to go with Aaron Donald and then can make, you know, Floyd, you know, be a really legit. And let's go get – let's trade – you know what? Let's go get the best cornerback at this time, Jalen Ramsey, and just lock down half the field. And you know what we need to do? Remember that Eric Weddle dude that we always had an affinity for to play for the, you know – Baltimore Ravens. Hey, hey, you know he's coaching high school or Pee Wee League football. Mm-hmm. I saw him at the grocery store. He looked like he was in shape. We got injury concerns. Let's get him. He'll be in the right place. Right. He'll tell us what what he sees. He came right. He came right from came right from uh, you know, calling a little little pitch right, pitch left, running the whole. Oh, he run the spread in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> he was no, running but the he spread. Was, he lives in California. Yeah, he's he's yeah. staying in California. Yeah. So I mean that that's when you have it. It doesn't matter if it's college. Or pros, if you have that relationship where it's, you know, lock and step, good things come. And it's not just all based on the administrator or the GM. You got to make sure that the coaches lock and step too because it could change. You know what I'm saying? It and, always does. Right. So you always <laughs> have to be on the same page because you want to be able – you want to <sighs> be to where you can't just say, okay, we're going to do the same thing we did in year one. Because no, it ain't because college football changes and everything changes. All right, Jay's got to get out of here. We'll throw the break. Austin will take us through. We'll get through the last segment of old school coming up.